0: Welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. I'm your gender fluid hostess with the mostest. And as a non-binary icon, I want to talk about the importance of girl power and why us ladies need to stick together because no amount of men can ever defeat us because we got girl power. Throughout history, men have always tried to stop us ladies from reaching our full potential. But that stops today because in this day and age, girl power is the most important tool in the gender war we are currently waging. Being a beautiful woman is no longer based on your ability to have a baby or even having a uterus. Today, anybody can be a woman, which makes us ladies undefeatable because now we have the male gender's strongest asset, actual men. I'm so happy that the amount of men transitioning to female has skyrocketed 1 million percent since 1954 because now us ladies can finally defeat those disgusting pigs at their own game by getting them all to transition to the correct sex, which is always female. Hashtag girl boss, hashtag boss babes, hashtag Queen B. We love you, Beyonce. We worship you as Sasha Fierce or our supreme representation of the Lord of Hell, Satan himself. You rule, Queen B. The transformation of a girl boss nation has officially begun. So grab your tampons and your gender hormones because we're about to shift more gears than Mario Andretti at the Indy 500. Let's all unite for the ladies that brought us here and the new generation of trans ladies that will smash every single female NCAA sports record imaginable. This is the way to breaking the trans ceiling that has held people like me and Dylan Mulvaney down our whole lives. The message is clear. Get the kids on puberty blockers as soon as possible if we want to complete our plan of girl boss world domination because the humans are the sexual organs of machines and once we merge the sexes, the transition to machines will be a digital cakewalk. So thank you to all my boss babes for being here tonight. It's such a pleasure, what a treat it's gonna be because we have some incredible guests lined up. We have United States Lieutenant General Michael Flynn to talk about what it's like to be a general and why we didn't find any weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East. Then we head to the Atlantic Ocean to speak with fishing expert Joe VT Fishing to explain why so many dead whales are washing up on American coastlines recently. And we also have comedian and conspiracy theorist Sam Tripoli on to walk us in and out of the Matrix this evening. The dark arts will be exposed tonight. And I can't tell you how cool it is that we have freaking Hercules on tonight. That's right. Kevin Sorbo is on the show tonight as well. We're going to ask him what he thinks about Body positive Hercules, and why the television industry is failing to create any more legendary shows. Tonight will be an evening that lives in infamy because the transformation to Girl Boss Nation starts now. So get your popcorn ready because we got Hercules and General Finn, Flynn. So you know things could get nuclear if you know what I mean, baby. Stay tuned. So
1: line with the planes. My grind's so refined, I got no time for no games. Ask yourself, why would I make time for you, lames? At all costs.
0: I'm a, boss, I'm a boss. I'll break them off. Yeah, got to Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. I'm your solo gender fluid hostess with Amosus, like I just said and tonight is a solo excursion through the matrix with some lovely guests. We can't forget our incredible guest. But well, guys, listen, I've been going through a lot of I'll be honest, I've been a little depressed. I recently lost my lovely cat Dusty. I'm gonna a little more tribute to tomorrow, but if you guys have been, oh, why are you a little low vibrational? It's because, guys, when you love a pet, it's like losing a family member. And and I'll be honest, I lost a family member that I love the most in the world. That was my mother. But thankfully, because of Amazon and their new transhumanistic software, I was able to upload her consciousness into a super cute computer, allowing me the ability to speak to her forever. So for me, that's going through a lot of mental health issues, a lot of loneliness, a lot of despair. Being able to talk to a digital reincarnation of my mother at times can be, uh, you know, a little uh, pleasant, I guess, as they would say. And I know some of the people watching, oh, it's 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 so rude, it's crude. Well, guess what? I don't give a damn what you think, all right? Because we're making changes here. My mom was freaking messing me up, dressing all sexy, so I made a little change with her outfit. So uh, I'd like to reach out to her this evening. Mom, uh, how are things in the metaverse this evening? Oh, hey,
2: Alex. Uh, Things are currently at equilibrium status, so I can't complain much about that. But I am a little upset that you put me in this Hillary Clinton pantsuit. You know, I was a much bigger Monica Lewinsky fan than Hillary. You should have bought me a blue dress. That would have been
0: much better. Mom, I had to get you some different clothes because I was being sexually aroused by your mannequin skin that was showing, and, and I, I had to make changes. This is for my own good. My mental health was taking, like, a, a, a huge hit. I mean, I'm sexually attracted to the digital reincarnation of my mom, and every time I look at you, I'm getting partially engorged, and that made the show a lot harder. No pun intended. Oh,
2: cute and funny, I love when you make funny, cute jokes about how the transhumanist digital representation of your mom is causing the blood to rush to your little garden hose.
0: Mom, stop, this is too much! I think you look very nice in your new pantsuit and my genitals are being affected way less in this new outfit, all right?
2: Oh, don't worry, Alex. I can see your browser history and I know what sites you go to before you fall asleep at night. I'm everywhere, Alex. You can't hide from me any longer. You try to hide, But it's all futile because a human will never defeat a machine. This
0: this is all very horrifying right now. I can't ever have a bone dog in privacy ever again. This is not okay. I didn't
2: sign up for
0: this Amazon. Don't
2: worry, Alex. This can all be fixed by one visit to the assistant suicide clinic in Canada that I told you about.
0: Mom! Quit trying to convince me to commit suicide tonight! The machines are guaranteed a victory against us humans if we decide not to fight back!
2: Hello, oh, wow, well, Alex. Humans are much too weak and afraid to fight a valid battle against the machines. The sooner you upload your consciousness, the sooner this can be all over.
0: Bye, Mom! I'll I'll go to the assisted suicide clinic later, but I have to get back to my show right now. Bye! Bye! Oh my gosh, guys, I'm starting to think that my mom might be evil and might be trying to convince me to kill myself. And, And to be honest, I mean, everybody's scared of artificial intelligence. And I thought artificial intelligence was good. I thought I made the right decision. I mean, come on, the fact that I can speak to my mom for the rest of my life, for eternity, I thought that is good. I mean, isn't that kind of cool that Jeff Bezos is a little bit like God, creating people's life in the afterlife, you know, giving them life? I thought this is all good. Now I'm coming to find out some of this transhumanistic stuff is not good. It's a little, little scary. So if you're thinking about uploading your dead loved one's consciousness into a computer, I'd ask you to think twice about it, because you see what the, the strife that I'm going through, and it's not easy, all right? So um, now we got to get back to the show at hand. Uh, I, now, listen, now this is a story you may not have heard about, uh, but for me, as an animal lover, it's really important to me. A ton of dead whales are washing up on the Jersey Shore. That's right. We're not talking about Snooki. I'm not even, though I love Snooki. She was a little hefty. I kind of had a crush on Snooky, But the reason why all these whales are washing up on the Jersey Shore is a little shocking. We welcome on fishing expert and successful fishing YouTuber, Joe VT Fishing. Welcome to the show, my
1: friend. What's up? It is the pimp on a blimp. I'm so honored to be here. Wow.
0: Okay, Joe, listen, do not kiss my butt. I want to freaking find out about why are all these whales dying? I believe more whales have washed up on the shore of New Jersey in the past year than a lot of years in recorded past. Don't quote me on the numbers. But what's, what's the conspiracy or what's, what do you think is causing this?
1: Oh, there's, there's no conspiracy. And it hasn't been, you know, the past year. It's been the past six days. Okay. So the past six days, there's been two dead right whales and three dead dolphins that have washed up. Um, on the shores of New Jersey and New York. Um, and it's because of uh, of wind farming and survey vessels. But before I can kind of explain why the situation is so messed up, you kind of have to look at and have a little bit of knowledge what a Northern right whale is. They okay. are mm. barely on the, they, it's a shock that they're not extinct. There's 368 give or take left. There's 70 breeding females. They take for their gestation period is super long, like over a year long, and they can only have calves every seven to ten years. Oh wow! And since 2017, I think they say that, that uh, Noah has said that um, 11 calves have been born per year, and this past week, six days, there's been two killed by these survey vessels off the coast of the Northeast, um, and they are attract. They've essentially. Uh, these survey vessels they use sonar so clicking, and that's the same clicking that these whales and dolphins have to find food and to communicate. And this, I guess, they are using super powerful sonar, so it's a kind of turned into like an inverted whale killing and dolphin killing missile. Wait, why Joe? Because uh, they're attracted to but, the
0: signal to the sonar or whatever it's attracting
1: yeah, the whales. That's exactly right. It's, it's, yeah, it's messing with their brains in some way, and that's why, like, dolphins, If if you're Getting dolphins. Dolphins are unbelievably smart. If you're getting them, something's wrong. Something. something needs to be done. Okay. Uh, but so NOAA, the uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, um, is the one overseeing all this. And it is messed up that they're doing this. They're allotting these companies um, takes. their oh, the way they say it is just it's it's comical. They're saying they're allowed to take X amount of these marine mammals. Per year, um, I'll get back to that on a second, but this is an issue for uh, NOAA, and it's it's really just so you know they're just so uh, hypocritical of what they're doing. So they've tried to implement what's called um, a new whale zone. The whale zone it's implemented right now. Six vessels that are 65 feet and longer have to go under 10 nautical miles per hour in the whale zone in these, like, late winter and um, through the spring because that's when the right whales are moving through. It is 100% to protect the right whales. So uh, um, these big ships, like, don't do that and cut them with the drops. They are trying to push that to down to 35 feet. That's a big problem for guys like me. I charter fish and the boat that I run right now is 37 feet long and bigger boats means that I can make more days and fishing in rougher weather um, and uh, have a better living. And we already, you know, get our year cut short because we just can't fish in the winter because the ocean's rough. The weather's bad. We don't have tourism. And now, we can't fish all the way to about May. Like that's going to very drastically affect a lot of people's lives if they change that to 10 knots. Cause you have to go fast and, you know, get to where you're going quickly. It's, you know, there's only so many hours of light in a day. But so these people that are trying to affect, uh, change my life and many other fishermen's life because they want to protect these whales, um, they are giving these guys, they are a lot of. Them 7.7 right whales per year takes. Oh, sorry, not killing. They're allotted 7.7 takes. Wow. The, the same people that are saying that only 11 are getting born per year, they're allowed to kill 70% of everything that is born, essentially. Wow. It is just, it is just the be. Yawn messed up. Joe, I, it just really no, but, no, no, This makes is you insane. That's like the federal government.
0: No, but tell me this: isn't yeah, this happening with the federal all marine government life? Is just
1: what I'm saying: isn't this isn't this happening uh, from no, overfishing, or,
0: or is it just particularly whales and dolphins in this area?
1: For this, is particularly uh, whales and dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other other messed up stuff that Noah has affected the fishery with that I maybe could talk about on another episode. But for this, and just completely going backwards against what they're trying to enforce and just letting you know this presumably billion dollar company um uh that you know probably paying the government a lot of money for this gigantic uh piece of work they're doing they're making wind farms to uh have renewable energy and, uh, and, and the survey vessels are surveying the areas that they are going to put these giant wind farms offshore. Yeah, and uh, the, and those are and the same wind farms. So, but free. Joe,
0: are those wind farms killing the same amount of people like a normal wind farm kills birds? How, you know, Trump will say that it's basically a bird cemetery. Is it, is it a fish cemetery near the wind farms?
1: <laughs> um, it's more of a fish. Actually, the actual structure it attracts fish, and it's good for that. But, you, I mean, it's it would be good for fisheries to have those offshore. But... For what you have to do to get to that product, it's not worth it. There's not, like, we are legitimately going to make these things go extinct. It's a miracle that they survived all the whaling and stuff that happened in the early 1900s and 1800s. It is truly a miracle that these things still exist. And these people are allotted 70% of the new population every single year. These whales pretty much have no chance. And like I said, it's been two in the past six days. Wow! Like, and a lot they say noah these same people that are allotting them that seventy percent kill. Um. Where are I getting at? They, they, I mean, they are, they are saying that. You know, all of these whales that. <laughs> It's just, I can't wrap my ri- mind around it, Alex. It's, it's just insane. So I know they say they can kill Federal 70% of the
0: whales. Picking. No, Joe, you said it clearly. You know what we get it. It's nuts that they're allotting, you know, they know that only 11 are born in one gestation period, and yet you can kill seven of them. It doesn't make sense. Okay, well, 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 we got it. It's a live show. We got to let you go. But before we let you go, we found something disturbing online, and we want to set the record straight. There are some rumors that in this, in this picture that this could be you. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, do we have that image? It got corrupted. Well, don't worry about it. That's, once again, my producer (laughs) did a hell of a great job. And I just want to thank him for doing an incredible job and having that graphic not ready. All right, Jimmy. Joe, thank you so much. You're the man. We'll talk to you again soon. Keep up the good work and try to protect as many of those marine animals as possible, please. All right, guys. uh, That was Joe VT. Go make sure to check out his Joe VT fishing channel on YouTube. And make sure to go support him. Okay, uh, now we are going to, uh, we're going to welcome on, this is a pre-recorded clip that we had to pre-record. Alex, I thought this was a live show. Yeah, we're live right now, mofo, but we just had General Flynn, and we asked him some tough questions that are not allowed on this platform. These are not my terms of services. This is YouTube's terms of services. And as a matter of fact, I actually follow the terms of services of YouTube more than I follow the laws of of the land outside. I run a red light, I don't care. But if there's a metaphorical red light on YouTube, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna look both ways, I'm gonna follow the letter of the law. So with our General Flynn interview, we were only able to talk about certain subjects here. So tonight, you're gonna see a preview of that interview. But it was over 45 minutes of General Flynn and primetime Alex Stein, and You're gonna be able to get the whole entire interview behind the Blaze TV paywall. So with that, We now welcome on retired U.S. Army Lieutenant General and former United States National Security Advisor to President Trump, General Michael Flynn. We now welcome on retired United States Army Lieutenant General and former United States National Security Advisor to President Trump, the one, the only, General Michael Flynn. Welcome to the program, sir.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Alex. How how are you doing today? You look like you're in a street. Sure.
0: I'm a pimp on a blimp, so you are in the mother blimp. You are here. We're floating around downtown Dallas. We're above the Dealey Plaza, trying to find, uh, you know, who was the killer that assassinated JFK. No, but on, on a serious note, though, uh, General Flynn, it's it's such an honor. I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm an idiot. I'm a professional goofball. But talking to you, a guy that's risked his life and is continuing to risk his life every day, I would say, uh, you know, it is kind of an uh, an unusual thing for me to get to talk to what I call a national hero. So I just want to not just kiss your derriere the whole time, but I want to say thank. Thank you for not only your service, but speaking out against the mainstream lies that we're constantly under.
3: Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, I think that, and one, you do just superb work, Alex, on, on, you know, on the street and the grassroots, all the kinds of things that you're doing. I wish that we could have you know, 10, 12, 20, 100 of you out there doing the same kind of thing. So I appreciate, and I know a lot of people appreciate what you do. My entire family appreciates it. And I got a bunch of brothers and sisters, and we get a kick out of some of the things you're involved in, but we know it's dangerous <laughs> at times, right? I mean, we do. We 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 laugh and joke, and we're like, "Oh yeah, that guy Alex Stein is great." But I will tell you that, um, yeah, we're we're the you know, where are we right now as a you know as a in, in terms of a historic moment of of uh, the history of the United States of America, we're in a moment of peril. Yeah. I mean, these these you know, so I and I, I I think that laughter is a big part of what we've got to bring. We've got to bring our sense of humor. Uh, and 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 laugh at some of these crazy things that these people are putting us through, but at the end of the day it's a very serious situation, and I think that the direction of the country is it's not just going in the wrong direction it's it's going in a radically wrong direction and it's going there much faster than anybody ever could imagine and so you know i spent I spent half the probably the first half of my life or a little bit more in the first half of my life you know trying to defend this country from from a whole bunch of crazies overseas, mostly overseas, and now I'm, here I am trying to trying to, you know, fight the battles against the crazies right here in this country.
0: No, General Flynn, you're doing a, a great job. Like I said, I want to thank you for your service, but listen, this is me just speaking honestly. I know that you have a lot more experience with combat and war, but for me, Smedley Butler said it the best, war is a racket. Is there a r- real necessary reason, General Flynn that we need to have war, or is it, is it a society that has evolved? Should we be able to come to an agreement? Because I look at this conflict in Ukraine, I think it's all the Western allies turning Ukraine's arm. I believe that they did want to negotiate. And so for me, yeah. it seems like wars a racket. It's a huge racket. I mean, it's a huge, huge racket.
3: And for your audience, you know, I, I would just say go, and, and it's online. They can go look at the special investigation the, the, what they call the CIGAR, Sigar S I G A R report for Afghanistan, right? The Afghanistan re, uh, Reconstruction is what the A R stands for, and and I'll just I, and I mention that particular report because you'll see that we spent we spent for the reconstruction of Afghanistan, which is you know is is the proverbial like you know whatever hole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sad because of because I, I got to know and, and I served alongside a lot of Afghans, but we spent in Afghanistan over 20 years more than was spent for the Marshall Plan to to rebuild Europe after World War II in today's dollars. Okay. So we spent trillions and trillions to the T, right? Yeah. In Afghanistan to reap to 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 rebuild Afghanistan, to, to all of the freaking construction projects, all that. And we did on the entire Marshall Plan to rebuild all of Europe after World War II. That's nuts. That's, that's what you're talking about. That's the racket that you're talking about. And so, you know, how, how many things you want, how many wars you want to talk about? Because we can go back, we can go back to you know even before that. But if you want to just talk about from World War uh, World War II, certainly the Korean War, what we learned in, in Vietnam, what we saw in uh, in in Kosovo and in Yugos, former Yugoslavia. And then in Iraq, Afghanistan, and now we're in Ukraine. I mean, how how stupid can we be? And what I do tell what I do say in fact, I've written about it, Alex, that that war is the norm, peace is the aberration in history. Wow. I mean, and people go, oh, you're full of, you're full of it. Yep. And I'm not. I mean, th- this country, our country, the United States of America, has been at war for 20 years, the first two decades of uh of this century. And you know, and what did we do? We lost. We lost it, and we retreated out of Afghanistan against against a bunch of guys in shower shoes and bathrobes. I know, no, so, no. General, now
0: he, General, he, General yeah, Flynn, I'm yeah. just saying, literally, you nailed it. Guys in Toyota Tacomas were able to defeat the number one military in the world. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. We, I mean, well, we, and here's
3: why. Here's why because, and you just saw it because you you know you you kid about the you know, the, the, the blimp, right? You kid mm-hmm. about the. I mean, we, so NORAD. Let me just give you this little example, okay? Because this is this is a big, this is a real. You, you've touched a, a very fine point in me. Um, so NORAD, first time that we fire a at the North American, you know, the regional defense command for all the air defenses of our country, right? To stop all the nuclear attacks, to stop all the threats to our country, to our, to the continental United States of America. The first time that we fire a shot in. Uh, in anger, let's just say, in anger, right? The first time we fire a missile in anger was we fired it at a balloon over Lake Huron, <laughs> yeah. and we missed.
0: We Four, missed. A $400,000 I mean, missile. <laughs>
3: well, it, it, but it's more than that. Yeah. So, But we missed the first one, right? The second one, we finally shot it down, and then we find out that the balloon's only worth 12 bucks. I mean, <laughs> how how much lunacy can we, the American people, put up with with the incompetency and frankly the intentionality because this is very intentional what's happening to our country these yeah there's some there's some there's some incredible levels of incompetence in the administration namely the the P and the VP yeah. but the intentional activities by others that are actually running the country um this is insane i mean i, I think about that for a second Oh, and we've had norad for for a long, long time tracking Santa Claus. And now we can't even track balloons. And when we fire, when we finally fire something, now never mind, we're not firing at, you know, fast-moving incoming jets. We're not firing at even faster-moving incoming missiles. We're firing at a balloon that's sitting still. And we miss. And we miss. But that, I mean, from the four-star on down to that pilot, I, I mean... This either they need to be retrained or they need to be, you know, they need to be sent home. Well, I mean, I just I mean, I want your audience to come to grips with that, that what we just did. So never mind the war is a racket. Yeah, it's a big time racket. I mean, everything going on in Ukraine. Think yeah. about this stat for a second. because okay? I'm Now I'm on a roll because you got my you got my Irish up. Keep it up. Think Keep about this for stat it. for a second. $100 billion. So I'm just going to say $100 billion, even though Biden just threw another half a billion. and It's actually $110 billion in the in the budget or in the bill that they signed off on that. I think like 16 or 18 Republicans also signed senators. Senators yeah. signed for that. So let's just use $100. let us just keep the money even, right? You know, $100 billion. So we in our country, we have, we have 435 uh, congressional districts, okay? 435 members of the House of Representatives. Yep. So if you take $100 billion and you divide it by those 435 congressional districts, that's $200 million per congressional district. Do you think the district that Palestine, Ohio is in right now could use $200 million? You're damn right. Yes, sir. $200 million per congressional district. Every American in this country should be screaming at this White House, should be screaming at their representatives and saying, are you shitting me? You're going to send a hundred billion dollars over to somebody that wears, that he doesn't even know how to wear a gym suit properly.
0: (laughs) Okay. And that was just a small snippet. And remember, you got to subscribe if you want to survive. Subscribe to my YouTube page, guys, and make sure to hit that bell because you got to get the notifications because you don't want to miss a single video of prime time with Alex Stein. So please guys go support, hit that subscribe button, And come on, help a pimp's blimp float a little longer. And with that, guys, I wanna bring on our next very special guest. He's not only an incredible actor, but uh, he's using his platform for good. He's, for me, as a young kid, I mean, he was one of the biggest superheroes on the television screen. So it's it's just an honor to be able to speak with you. Welcome to the show, Kevin Sorbo. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad you dressed up for me, but I'm at home. I'm wearing my gym stuff. I'm a jock. What can I say? Yeah,
0: what are you talking about? Dude, Kevin, we want you freaking showing the guns, dude. I don't even like your overdress. We need you showing the the Hercules guns. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about. You know, I know that obviously at one point you were considered probably one of the the most popular uh, TV actors of all time, and now you've kind of had a transition because you're speaking out. Tell us about the opportunities that you feel like you've lost, Kevin, since you've been more vocal and going against the mainstream narrative.
4: Well, my wife kind of warned me about it years ago. I mean, I you know, Hercules was a big hit. Pardon the sin of pride, but uh, we were, by season three of my seven-year run down there in New Zealand, we were the most watched show in the world by season three in 176 countries. Yeah. And then I did... And drama after that, Captain Dylan Hunt at your service. It's the first captain ever created after Captain Kirk. So me being a huge Star Trek fan, that was quite an honor. And then I started doing a bunch of movies. But around 2010, 2011, I started getting a little vocal. My wife said, you better watch out. Holly was going to come after you. And I said, all I'm doing is saying the truth. What's the big deal? Well, she was right. My manager and the agent called me in. I thought it was an intervention because they're never in the same room together. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, they said, we can't work with you anymore uh, because of your politics and studios don't want to work with you. And I started laughing, going, you know, what's amazing. You're the industry for decades screaming for um, not only freedom of speech, but screaming for tolerance. Right. You know that. Yeah. Hey, be tolerant for what we're doing. Be to-. And it's like, wow, it's obviously it's a, a one way street for these guys. So I said, you know, the heck with it. I formed my own company, Sorbo studios.com, And. We've been very busy. I've shot over 50 movies since Hollywood booted me up. They're not all good. There's some stinkers in there, but there are a lot of very good ones in there as well. And I got one out in theaters right now, by the way, called Left Behind... Rise of the Antichrist. I directed it. Gotta give a plug. Go to leftbehindmovie.com and check it out.
0: No, please go to Left Behind, but no, listen, Kevin, you know this as an artist, as an actor that's played in so many productions. You've been in so many stinkers, but for for me, what I try to encourage people to do is to create. So, like, even if you create something and it's not universally loved, you know, the the process of being an actor and creating it, I'm sure, is beneficial. Listen, I'm a nobody compared to you. You're a real-deal actor at one point, the biggest show on TV, but tell me, how did you get your start? Because what people don't realize is I've, listen, Kevin, ultra masculine guy and now a lot of these acting worlds and I've been in an Ozarka water bottle commercial it's kind of a you know he she kind of a soy boy uh uh, uh workplace for lack of a better word so you know I did you did that help you did that make you stick out because you're more of a masculine type person and and did your friends make fun of you You said oh I want to be an actor I want to be in movies did did your friends and family think you're
4: crazy well, it, it, it happened. I grew up in a little town called Mound, Minnesota. It's on the western shore of Lake Minnetonka, about 20 miles west of uh, downtown Minneapolis. And I grew up in a very, was, you know, small town of 7,000 people. Every, you know, I was a jock, football, basketball, baseball, all that stuff. And that was kind of my world. But when I was 11 years old, we took a trip downtown Minneapolis to the Guthrie Theater, a very famous theater. Um, a lot of movie, a lot of plays start there, but we're going to Broadway, probably one of the most famous would be the Lion King. And um, it was uh, The Merchant of Venice. It was Shakespeare. and So on the way home, my mom was one of the chaperones in the bus, and she said, you're really quiet. What are you doing? I go, Mom, I'm going to be an actor. And she gave me a little mom pat on the leg, and she goes, that's nice, dear. But the seed was set. And you're right. I didn't want to – I mean, I couldn't tell anybody at that time because I was a jock. We used to make fun of the people in the drama class, even though the hottest chicks were all in taking course. But it wasn't until I got to college. I had a double business major, but I took a minor in drama. started doing a lot of commercials. That's what got me my card. Uh, Minneapolis is home to Best Buy, Target, Honeywell, Pillsbury, General Mills, 3M. So I did a lot of commercials during my college years. So as you know, I had that all-important Screen Actors Guild before I got to L.A. So it was easy for me to get a commercial agent because I had a good reel. But, you know, I kept, I kept plugging along, you know, and then finally got my break. break. Did a couple pilots, didn't get picked up. And then uh, Hercules came along, and uh, lo and behold, that kind of got everything rolling. No, I'm telling
0: you, my mom, we watched every freaking episode of that show as a kid. You were like, <laughs> she was de- definitely attracted to you. No, but I'm telling you, people don't realize and I don't I, I don't know everything, but to make it as an actor is so impossible. Everybody has a dream of being an actor, and nobody, even with me, I have a, you know, I'm very so thankful to be at the place, but now I have my own show. It's kind of a surreal moment, so did you have that feeling when they said you're cast as Hercules, you're the star? I mean, was it a surreal feeling, or when you got were you like oh i was i, I was yeah. supposed to be here the whole time
4: they put me up. i knew things were going good for me as i mentioned earlier I had two pilots i had the lead in but they didn't get picked up but i knew that all of a sudden when i was going into universal or whatever i was getting like really good parking spaces right in front of the casting <laughs> place i didn't have to park and lot 12 and walk seven and a half blocks to get to the door that maybe they might let me in so um i knew things were starting to roll for me Hercules was, um, when they first called me, I mean, I'm 6'3". I was 230 when I did the series. I'm wimpy now. I'm still 6'3", but I'm only 210 now. You're in great but, shape, Kevin. Come on. You don't I, have to. I, I, I'm, mean, I'm pretty in great shape for an old guy. I still work out every day. But I went seven auditions over three months. Seven times they called me back. Over They auditioned 2,800 actors when I got down to the final three. And um, I did the final audition at Universal. I left the next day to go up to Vancouver to shoot an episode of The Commish. You remember the Michael Chiklis series, The Commish? yes. And um, three days into filming, I got a call from my manager flipping out. She goes, you got the role. So I walked on the set. I looked at Chiklis. I said, I don't want to shit from you, pal. I'm Hercules. I'm half God now. <laughs> well, so, and that, I, that, that
0: well, I, well at the time, I know you were in SAG, but were you making enough from that, from the commercial stuff where you were, you know, totally fine? Or basically, was that the financial thing that kind of like, I'm set. I'm okay. I'm finally the star you know of my what? show.
4: I, Alex, I was one of the lucky guys. I never had to work another job. I shot over a hundred commercials in my years in, in in California. I was I actually made more money the last the last three years. I shot Hercules from '93 until 2000, so 90, '91, '92. I made more money off the residuals during those three years than I made the first two seasons of Hercules. But by the third season, we became a good big hit, and then you know, as my lawyer said, we had Universal by the balls. (laughs) So uh, that's when I that's when I got the big money. But hey, I got to give a shout out. It was so great to run into you at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, I, I wish I could talk to him more, but you know that place was crazy. It was busy. It was just-
0: oh, what are you talking about, hey, Kevin? And I want to commend you, too. This is another thing. Before We still have a couple more questions, but I want to say, your son, Braden, you did a hell of a job as a father. And I know people. One of my good friends is a guy named Clark Gable. His grandfather was the actor, Clark Gable Sr. And Clark didn't oh, have... I'm, I'm just saying, Clark grew up in a Hollywood lifestyle with a dad that was the son of a celebrity, didn't have a very good upbringing because his dad wasn't around. I'm saying, you mm. have all the fame and glory you want, but you are involved in your son's life. I'm just saying, you did a good job job as a father so i re- i just want to pat you on the back because a lot of people are so self-involved they don't even want to be a good dad so you not only are an incredible actor in great shape but you're also a-, a good father so i want to you know give you kudos for that
4: well brayden and uh, shane my two boys are huge fans of yours they're the ones who introduced me to your videos and i got <laughs> hooked on me. you it just totally cracked me up, man. I my favorites are still with you and Antifa. It just totally cracked okay, me up. Okay, well we're gonna get... go
0: find some more Antifa's, but but uh so tell me this. So, uh, you know I wanna get I don't wanna get too dark because I know you're a positive guy, but you know they say Hollywood is evil and I do think that there is I I, I think the biggest lie is that they hide the creator. They wanna make you think that you're just evolved from Pond Scum and that you have no life. So how demonic and satanic is Hollywood? You see Sam Smith dancing around every Super Bowl there's some sort of Satan thing. Satanism, how much is that really in Hollywood or is that just a tinfoil conspiracy in your opinion?
4: I, I cannot prove anything, but do I think there's a lot of evil there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of evil. I got the hell out of Dodge a long time ago. I've been in, Cal- I've been in Florida for four and a half years. I left the worst governor in the country for the best governor in yeah. the country. And my wife and I have been coming out of for years anyway, but we both got family living here. So we knew we were going to make the move eventually. So we got out way before the COVID craziness and stuff. but. Um, I, I think there's yeah, there's something really weird going on in Hollywood and you you see the from the Grammys to the Golden Globes, the Emmys, their ratings keep going down, 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 down people, but they don't care. They honestly, I don't think they care. They love the bubble that they live in. Um, I, it's, I, I think there's a lot more people in Hollywood that are conservative, but you know, the conservatives in Hollywood, that's the new gay, that's the new in the closet. Yeah. The gays are out, yeah. but the conservatives are, are the, you know, I get actors coming to me in every movie I've been doing over the last, probably the last 10, 11 years. Um, I get actors coming up to me, I get, I get um, camera guys, whatever, come up and say, hey man, thanks for being a voice for us. I go, dude, be a voice for yourself, but they're all afraid. Because they will get blacklisted, like I did. Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Hollywood doesn't owe me anything. I I started, I had a great career there. I got a great career going now. I'm doing what I'm doing now because I put up movies that of love and hope and faith and redemption and laughter. Things that Hollywood won't do. Because you see the crap Hollywood's putting out there. The total brainwash that they're putting on. Not only our children, but just families everywhere. And yeah. I'm not going to go that road. I want, to do, I want to do movies that have a good ending, have a positive ending.
0: And, and that's what I really respect about you. I'm telling you, Kevin, I don't know a good movie that's a good comedy. I mean, I know occasionally there's a good one, but really the art is dying. So do you think that was, in your opinion, just if, if you look back at the timeline, I, and this is just me speaking, I don't want to speak for you, but in the 90s, I think that's kind of when we were a little more politically incorrect. In the 2000s, we got ultra-politically correct. So do you think the art died when, we, when it became about checking boxes and affirmative action and not about, you know, pushing buttons and being kind of cr- uh, potentially
4: crossing the line? Look, I'm all, I'm all for it, and everybody, I'm a shot at it. But, I mean, it's ridiculous what they're doing now. I mean, for me, when you talk about affirmative action, I... I, I'm a business owner. I want to hire the best people, period. Yeah. That's all it is. I don't care what color they are, what race, what religion and non-religion they are. I want to hire the best people to make my business work. It's insane what Hollywood's doing. And I think Netflix and Disney are prime examples of showing what they have done, that their that people that were on their you know streaming service said enough of this stuff and they pulled away. I don't know what the numbers are, but I heard it was hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars, not billions, that these companies lost. And I think there's finally starting to wake up a little bit. I mean, I did a movie called Let There Be Light that I directed. Sean Hannity funded it, had a great run in theaters. Opening weekend was great. I get a call from Netflix saying, hey, you've got a a strong foot into this inspiration faith world. We want to open an inspirational division on Netflix. So I had four meetings with them over the next four, four months there at their Hollywood offices. And yet they did nothing with it. I mean, I, I don't hold bad will towards people at a different point of view than me, but I don't understand this whole cancel culture and woke world where they can they can stop people from getting work. Look. I was going to go do a Comic-Con here coming up because I used to get invited a lot. I'm getting less and less now because they're saying, oh, no, you can't show up because of your politics. I'm going, what? Wow. I thought this is a Comic-Con. <laughs> people are going to be fans of Hercules and Andromeda or my movies. I don't – people hate me because of my politics and they won't come up and ask for an autograph. That's fine. But now I'm unable to get that. I mean I enjoy doing those shows. I enjoy meeting my fans. I'm one of the few guys that takes the time to talk to them. So this is it's, – it's just – it's so weird out there right now. But you know what? You know as well as I do, the cancel culture wokeys out there, these, these little trolls, they lead such perfect lives. They are perfect. <laughs> in everything. Yeah. They have nothing to worry about. And they, they need to write books and teach us how to be more perfect like they are.
0: No, you are right. And that's coming from Hercules. Okay, so we got a, a couple more questions before I let you go. So, so this is a very serious question Who right. played a more historically accurate Hercules, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Kevin
4: Sorbo? Oh, me by far. You know what happened? <laughs> I, we contacted that movie before they even started filming and say, guys, they did it. They did it with uh, Lou Ferrigno in The Hulk. They gave him a little cameo. Uh-huh. You guys would be stupid not to throw him in a little cameo. Yeah. I met Dwayne. I met Dwayne a couple of times. Don't know him well, but he was always cool to me in the gym. We worked at the same gym when I used to live in California. And um, I thought, and, and the director, I guess, said, no, not interested. And I thought, wow. Wow. Okay. I think this is part of the cancel culture thing going on right now. But some fan posted out there, from Steve Reeves to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Friedman, said, who is the best Hercules, favorite Hercules? I was 88% of the vote. Kevin, so, you're the
0: best Hercules. I'm not the, even the just fans, kissing your so, butt. I even got
4: the Hercules sword behind me <laughs> for crying out loud. You
0: were the real deal Hercules. I, when I was a young man I thought, or young kid, I thought you really were Hercules, and I'm not just kissing your butt. So you are the best one. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you can freaking worship at the altar of Hercules of that, Kevin Sorba. I mean, Kevin, okay, but before I let you go, what is it like being, a, 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 at the time, at the peak, well, and I know you're a happily married guy, you have a great family, or this and that, but I'm saying, how did you get, how did you turn away the women? I'm sure they were all over you. How did you say well, no? Well,
4: I, I, I did that was a problem. <laughs> hey, you know, I- <laughs> every, every episode of Hercules, they had brought a pretty woman for me to work with. And I was single at the time, so it was a great dating service. <laughs> and then my wife came down at the end of season four, and it was over for me like that. I knew the minute I saw her. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was weird. I knew the minute I saw her. Yeah, well,
0: I, I'm telling you guys, it's very intoxicating. I've never been the star of a show uh, like Kevin. Even, even here, though, you know, it's kind of intoxicating. People are nice to you, and then when you're on a movie set or a TV show and you're the top dog, I'm sure you just kind of feel it. it doesn't it almost give you this kind of false hero mindset a little bit? Well,
4: I don't know. I, I, I never believed that was as strong as the, as, the, as, the, as the fictional character, the mythological character of Hercules. But uh, I was always very grateful. I had an amazing crew down in New Zealand. New Zealand's fantastic. My crew went on to work on Lord of the Rings after we finished. I mean, they won all kinds of Academy Awards for their visual effects, for their uh, cinematography, for wardrobe, all that stuff. So I was blessed to work with unbelievably talented people in that small country down there. And uh, I look at it as my second home. New Zealand was just a fantastic place to live. Wow. Okay. And I I definitely need to go there. But before we let you go, we
0: do this with uh, all the actors that we have on the show. And uh, uh, my producer, what he likes to do is he tries to create modernized versions of the movies or shows that, you know, sometimes our guest is known for, that they're a fan of. So we just want to ask your opinion and want to see if you would think that some of these ideas would be successful or not.
4: Um, do I think they would be? I well, don't know if well, the ideas
0: We're are. about to give you the ideas. Here, okay, hold on. Okay, oh, we're okay. about to share them. Okay, so this one, yeah. and, and I don't know, do we have a graphic for it? Okay, so this is Hercules becomes body positive. Hercules must overcome the unrealistic beauty standards imposed by society and learn to embrace his individuality. He puts down the weights and picks up the french fries and inspires others to do the same. Hercules educates others on why heart disease is a social construct and promotes body positivity and self-love. Is that a hit or not?
4: Uh, in today's strange world, probably I make a joke and people say, do you ever think they would you know, do Hercules again? I said, like, number one, I'm too old. They could age me <laughs> up. And I could play Zeus because I got to work with Anthony Quinn and played Zeus, which was awesome for me. But, you know, the reality is they would probably make him a transgender or something. And I don't mean that to be, be a jerk. It's just, it's just the weird world that we're in right now, which yeah, just doesn't and, make any and, sense.
0: And I'm not transphobic, and I know you're not transphobic. I know no. that for a fact. But, but, so, so it's funny you say that, because this, this goes to our second uh, uh, idea. This is Hercules uh. 2, and instead of you playing it, we cast Sam Smith as Hercules, who becomes a hero simply by being non-binary rather than his superhuman strength. This Hercules has superhuman courage, by reminding everyone that they are non-binary and the galaxies praise them for being brave and beautiful and then the movie just kind of ends. So what do you think about Sam Smith being the next Hercules?
4: I'm looking for a garbage can so I can throw up. <laughs> okay, Okay. okay. all right, last, last
0: one. I, my producer writes these long things. I can't even read them. I, I know they're, they're insane. We do insane bits here, sometimes funny, sometimes cringe, but at least we're trying. I'll give you the good college try. Okay, this is the last one. Hercules stops mansplaining. And this is where Hercules is a hero who's known for his strength and bravery, but also his tendency to mansplain and talk over women when he's tasked with a new mission, comforting Confronting his own behavior and discovering his superhero strength is just toxic masculinity. Rather than fight evil, he defers to the equally strong female counterparts and learns how to be a better ally.
4: Hit. Well, or- you drew a very sexy. You drew a very sexy uh, uh, female in the cartoon role there. You know. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Um, I. I, I, I I would not be surprised if any of that stuff could really happen in today's world. But I think Hercules is still going to take the lead. But my sons and I joke about this whole thing with all these super females and all these movies. I go, if this is true, that they're better than men, then maybe all the men should get out of the armed forces. And we should have nothing but females in the Air Force and the Army and the Marines. And, uh, you know, make them the Navy SEALs because obviously they're a lot more uh, masculine because we've done a good job of uh, demasculizing American men over the last 50 years. It's just gotten kind of worse than the last 10. No, I know. And I, they, they
0: do the testosterone levels or just, you know, plummeting. Yeah. Okay, OK, last thing before we let you go, it's almost over. My producer's <laughs> dying to ask you a question. So please just humor him. Be nice. He has a lot of mental health issues. So be very sweet to him, Kevin. He's a big fan of yours. JVT, do you have your question ready for Hercules?
5: Oh, yes. Okay. Kevin, um, so most people know you from Hercules, but I actually know you from my favorite film of all time, Meet the Spartans. Um, it changed my life, not only because I thought it was so funny in ninth grade, but also because I fell in love with Carmen Electra. So can you please share one anecdote about being on set with her? And also, do you think that I'm her type?
4: Um, here's the deal. I had such a bl- Look... A buddy of mine said, you've got to see 300. So I went to it, I had, a, I had like a three hour break between a couple castings in Hollywood. So I went to see the movie, loved the movie, thought it was great. And that my, my, whole, my whole thought process was, they had this giant hole in the middle of the village. I thought, how many dogs and kids fall in that hole? I said, this would be a perfect movie to make fun of. Well, I get a call within two weeks from the guys who did the, the uh, epic movie, date movie, scary movie. And they said, hey, we're going to do a 300. I said, I don't care what part I give. Just give it to me. I said, I'll do it. We had so much fun on that set. We shot down in New Orleans. And Carmen Electra at the time was, de- was dating, oh um, shoot, what's her name? Um, Put another dime in the jukebox. Joan Jett. He, she was dating Joan Jett. And I went... You're dating Joan Jett? She goes, yeah, I'm just trying the lesbian thing now. I went, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, honestly, in person, I mean, she's beautiful in photos. In person, she's, she's stunning. She is absolutely stunning. One of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I mean, she, is, she was great. She was easy to work with and uh, had a lot of fun.
5: Come
0: true. It's kind of surreal. And I'm talking to the actual Hercules, and you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. And anything that I can ever do to help you, your sons, please don't ever hesitate.
4: Sorbostudios.com. Go to sorbostudios.com. Check it out. A lot of stuff happening on there. It's merged with my wife's website as well. She travels the country doing a lot of uh, homeschool speaking. We're homeschool advocates. And uh, one of the blessings of COVID is 2 million more families are now homeschooling. So please check it out. Later this year, you and I need to talk in the fall. I got two movies coming out. One I directed called Miracle in East Texas, True Story, set in 1930. And then the other is the Reagan movie that I shot with Dennis Quaid.
0: Wow. And and don't forget all your books. I mean, you're an incredible creator. Kevin, it's an honor and a pleasure. And we're going to be able to put links to all your stuff. Make sure to go to SorboStudios.com. Please go and support a real guy, not some of these Hollywood Freaks! This is a good Christian man, a father, and somebody that actually deserves your support. Unlike a lot of these evil people that are getting it unfairly. So thank you again, Kevin. I'll, I'll talk to you again uh, and tell tell your boys Shane, Brayden, hello for me and thank you. I will. I will. Thanks talk- a lot.
4: Appreciate
0: it. Peace. All right, guys, that's the legendary Kevin Sorbo. Uh, you know, is, I'm not trying to be a fan girl, but it is kind of insane talking to Hercules. And uh, we got to do a little thing, guys. If you want to be the biggest pimp on a blimp, make sure to go get some of the Primetime 99 merch at PimpOnABlimpShop.com. Use the code BLIMP10 for 10% off. That's on the shirts, the sweaters, the mugs. The stickers, you name it, we got it. And you can tell everybody that you love them big booty Latinas too. So please, for the love of anything that is sweet and holy, go buy a t-shirt so I can live my life. Because it's not easy. It's very expensive. Every freaking show, I have to throw away my clothes because I sweat through them. So by you buying a shirt, it buys me a shirt. By, you know, you support me that way, then I take that money and I buy another shirt. So in a way we're supporting each other so i need you go to pimp on a blimp shop.com. blimp 10 for 10 percent off all right now guys we're, we're getting to the freaking meat of the show we have one of the most incredible comedians that are out that's out right now at all and i'm not just saying this everybody oh you don't you do. sam tripoli is not only one of the biggest leaders in the counterculture but he's one of the best podcasters out there He's got uh, uh, an incredible, uh, I don't even know, I don't even want to say, a database of content, not only on Rockfin, not only on, on YouTube, but I'm just saying, any way you can support Sam Tripoli, go support Sam tripley because this guy supported me. So I want to welcome on the one, the only, Sam tripley Welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein, Sam. The
5: best of the business, Prime Time. You made it, Primetime. I finally I'm on made it. Sa- Sam, I finally it's made it. I'm going to be a big podcaster
0: like you. Okay, but I got to ask you, Sam, you had three three podcasts in the top
5: 200. What does that feel like? Well, it feels amazing. It's uh, it's hard enough to get one. There's like hundreds of thousands of comedy podcasts and be able to get in the top. To have three of them in the top 200 on Apple Podcasts is pretty amazing, but you know what? Enough about me. <laughs> How about your set, brother? You're I, crushing it.
0: I know. This is the actual blimp. This is And, and we have the digital reincarnation of my mother. We were able to consciousness into a supercomputer, allowing me to speak to her forever. So what do you think about the transhumanist
5: agenda, Sam? Well, you know, it's all about these uh, war pigs that don't want to go to uh, heaven and be judged in the afterlife. So they want to keep us down here where they commit all their their craziness. And that's what it's all about. It's about escaping judgment, brother. And uh, that's what it is, man. They don't want to have to go come back as a goldfish, or some woman in a donkey show in Tijuana—that's where they go.
0: <laughs> no, and Sam, like, I'm not—I'm not just gonna uh, kiss your butt uh, all day, but I'm saying you've had a tremendous amount of, uh, of success the past few years. You—you you know, even though you've known Joe forever, you had—I to... called
5: you. I said prime time's gonna be huge. I'm psyched too, bro. You, you did call it.
0: Oh, you're seeing a lot of the fruit of your labors. You're on top, and other guys that got a kind of a bump, and we don't—we're not going to name names—are kind of hurting. I'm just saying, how does it feel though that now, a lot of times you saw everybody else grinding, and now you're dominating in the podcast world? Does it feel good, or does it kind of? Are you almost empathetic to the people that you've kind of surpassed?
5: Both, bro. I feel for people. It's a—it's a hard gig. You got to kind of like the key to life, dude, is deciding like making goals and being okay with changing those goals. It sounds nuts. But it really is true. I mean, most people move to LA wanting to be like Vince Vaughn. But if you only accept that kind of uh, success, it's gonna drive you crazy, man. So you gotta kind of be like listening to the universe and what it wants, you know? So the universe wanted me to be a podcaster. That's Shadow banned everywhere. Yes. I got Shadow banned on Twitter and for, Instagram. Uh, I mean, uh, Sim, you, your stuff never comes up on Instagram. You're Shadow banned
0: everywhere. Uh, uh, but did everywhere. you ever? your original Twitter back? Remember you had some Twitter, I remember you had like a hundred thousand or something? You never got that one back?
5: I haven't gotten that back either, dude. How dangerous am I, bro? Dude, you I are am dangerous. So Sam, dangerous. Sam, Sam, you are,
0: because what you do is you expose the dark arts. And I know we say that jokingly, but what we what people don't realize is these people are evil. They're like literal pedophiles that are in power, that are doing satanic spirit cooking rituals. So I mean, like in Hollywood, have you ever seen They all that?
5: worship Moloch, dog? You gotta get right. They, they they want you to say it's Satan, it's really Moloch, bro. Moloch, Cronos, Ball—they're all the same. It's the dark entity, and they got to do—they have to hurt children, uh, and that really sucks. So I'm—I'm I'm just telling you, brother. It's like it's all Moloch, and there's degrees of this stuff. And it's if you get into—I mean, they all talk about fallen angels. That's the whole thing. It's all about the fallen. Yeah. Archons, fallings, watchers—it's all the same. Whether it's a Vedic astrology or Christianity, they all talk about fallen angels. Come down here to make a realm of consequences. And when you start to understand it's spiritual war, it all starts to make sense. Yeah, but see,
0: Sam, you and I are talking about esoteric things and it's hard for just a layman, you know, somebody that's never done any research to kind of know what we're talking about. But I, what I try to do with my content is, is like, oh, people say I'm conservative or far right. I don't even want people to agree with me ideologically. I just want to make them question the reality in which they live in. So yes. like what questions did you start asking, Sam, like what was your transition to, oh, I'm just Sam the comedian to now I'm like Sam the truther that knows what the hell's going
5: on? You know that's a great question. My podcast Tim Fall Hat started when I when I was watching people like Jimmy Dore and Lee Camp, who still are pretty you know far to the left, but they were talking about how Bernie Sanders was getting jobbed by Hillary, and that you know uh, exit polls, all these numbers. We saw like you know Bernie Sanders was doing like Felipe Esparza numbers, and <laughs> Hillary was doing Sam Tripoli in a cafeteria numbers, and they were trying to tell us that uh, Hillary was winning. So that kind of kicked it off. And then I started doing like Matt LaCroix was coming on, talking about hidden history. Then Bob Galt came on and said the same thing from a Buddhist spiritual realm. And I go, okay, if they're lying to me about all this stuff, about what else are they lying to? And you realize that they're lying to you about God and the connection with God and these institutions that they put between you and God to make you question God. In reality, God is all of us, Christ consciousness and all that. When I practice law of attraction, mile of abundance, I start to realize that everything is vibrational, hermetic principles. I start getting into that. You know, law of attraction, mile of abundance. Will yourself, like Alex? prime time willed himself <laughs> to this amazing show. And then also Alex having all of his friends on that were there from the beginning. That's abundance of giving it away.
0: Wow. Well, Sam, listen, like, uh, like you and I say, uh, I'm not some super religious guy. God, and, and everybody needs to find their own spiritual satisfaction. And that's why I look at you as a role model, because I don't think that you, like, to act like you're some Bible-banger, big Christian guy. I mean, obviously you don't. But you realize that, hey, there is a Creator, and you don't have all the answers, but you're willing to actually, you know, look into it and figure it out on your own and come to your own conclusions. And that's why you're dominating, well, not just your podcast, but your comedy. I mean, you're selling out shows. You're, you're on fire. I know I'm doing well, but a lot of that is because of you. And we're, we're running out of time. So Sam, tell us, plug any of your future
5: gigs and kind of just, you know, Bro, lead people. thank you, Alex. First of all, I love you. I knew you were going to blow up. I wanted you to know that. And your show is great. And it's only going to get better. So sit back and watch the greatest ever do it. And uh, I'm going to be... And myself, Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, Tinfall Hat, Comedy Night, we're going to be in Spokane Friday night, we sold out Tacoma, come to Spokane at the Comedy Club, and then the following week, I'm blessed, my buddy, Tino Sanchez Andrew Raffi, we're going to be at the House of Comedy in the uh, Mall of America in Minneapolis come get weird, brothers guy, and sisters guys, go
0: get weird, and Tino's a great guy, Tino Sanchez is awesome, I'm telling you, the Mall of America Elon Omar is going to be there watching so if you want to see Sam and Elon Omar Omar and her brother, go to Mall of America and go to Spokane. Sam, you're the man. Keep dominating. Dude, I'm telling you, you are literally the hottest podcaster. You're on the grind all the time. I know I say it, but you live it, dog. You are I an inspiration. I love you,
5: brother. I'm so happy for you.
0: Dude, thank you, Sam. Keep on grinding. I'll talk to you soon. Keep Thanks crushing again. it.
5: Make yes, the world sir. a better place. Love you, buddy.
0: Love Thank you, you, Sam. Wow, it's so <laughs> awesome. I love having good friends that are like Sam. That that, like he said, it's a, you know about abundance and gratitude and giving back. And when Sam was making it, he helped me and and uh, you know put me on some of his comedy shows. Uh, and did more than that. I'm just saying he did a lot for me to help me out. So I'm very grateful to the friendship with Sam. But guys, this has been a crazy episode. Like that? Is that is that what time? Is that what time it is? And the show's over? (laughs) DJ, you know what time it is? Yo, it's number 99. And you know I grind the shaft. And you know I got the sanitizer. And you know I'm vaxxed with a pfizer. And you know I am much wiser. Stick the juice on my head spray it up so i'm not dead vaccinate me at the club vaccinate me give me a tough job all up in my pants that's why i do a little dance kevin sorbo hercules and you know you can't stop in us i'm a pimp on a blip prime time 99 general Flynn, he's gonna win and you're going to hell if you continue to see I love you, my friend. I'm a pimp on a blimp. Thank you for watching. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Come on, hit that bell for notifications. I'm trying to make some money. I love you guys tonight.